We're in Studio B of the KOYT radio station, and we're going to be talking about animals today. We have Marty Krieger, Bulldog Rescue, and Mar uh, Mary Wilson with Anza Wonga Food Bank. Good morning, you two. Good morning. Good morning. Um, as we get the microphone going here, uh, let's start talking about, it's pretty cold outside, so we're going to start talking about, uh, we're going to talk to Marty first about uh, his rescue, and uh, we're going to ask some questions about about uh, winterize, the winter time and animals, and, and probably we'll expand upon that a little bit more. And then we'll talk to Mary about her organization and some of the projects that she has got going on, and, and hopefully we'll tie it, tie it all back together in the end. So, um, uh, Marty, your your organization is called Bulldog Rescue. Bulldog Rescue. What's the purpose? I mean, do you have a purpose? Can you just do a little bit of back background? Basically, the purpose of Bulldog Rescue, uh, even though. Um, how do I put it? The name is misleading because I'll, I'll rescue any animal. Um, but the whole purpose and agenda of Bulldog Rescue is to get these animals off the street, off the dirt roads, and out of the shelters. Um, too many people don't know what to do with their animals or stray animals, and they immediately call the shelters and the shelters are getting so full, they're having no problem uh, euthanizing an animal, which is, in my personal opinion, one of the worst things you can ever do. Um, so that is what my organization is all about. I uh, try my best to work with every organization that is in the same agenda, because if we work together, uh, which we will talk about later, uh, we'll find out that we can do a lot more together, save a lot more together, and make uh, animal life for the animals a whole lot happier. And I know at, at the end we'll probably give all the contact information, yep. and we'll repeat it once or twice so everybody has all of our, all of our contact information. And it is um, almost the end of the year, almost 2016. It's pretty cold outside. <clears throat> and let's, let's talk about cold weather and animals and so forth. So what um, what are things that we need to know about as, as uh, pet owners about winterizing for our pets? Basic rule of thumb is simple. If you're cold um, and shivering, 90% of the time the animals are cold and shivering too. Uh, people say, oh, they're a dog, they're a horse, they're a goat, uh, they were in the wild, they were able to fend for themselves back in the day. They should be able to do it now. No. Evolution of the animals that have been brought in and then taken care of inside, dogs, cats, for example, <clears throat> excuse me, they get tossed out for some reason or another, and then they're stuck because they've had the warmth during the winter, the cool during the summer and now they're stuck in the outdoor climate where there is no control with a heater or an air conditioning. Yeah, I, I don't know if you're going to be touching on this. I just wanted to point out um, there are a lot of feral cats as well as strays and, and uh, left behind. And uh, there are some ideas, <coughs> excuse me as well, of what people can do to keep them animals if they are outside in an enclosed area for um, warmth. Well, that is one thing I am going to touch on for the simple fact that for less than $20, you can build 
uh, in less than 30 minutes if you know how to cut a, a circle and know how to separate a bale of hay into flakes, as they call them. Uh, you can make, um, like I said, a, uh, a feral cat house uh, that is very, very easy and simple. And when I give you my number and my email address, you can get a hold of me and I will personally either walk you through it, send you a diagram, or come over and do one for you so you can see how it's done. I've got 20 of them at my house right now, uh, six of which are in use for feral cats and even a couple rabbits that have taken them. And out of those 20, I think I have $114 and two hours worth of time invested in them. It's so easy. Uh, with dogs, kennels outside, um, go to garage sales. It's amazing how many old blankets, old quilts, old comforters. Thrift stores. Thrift, well, yeah, thrift stores also that you can get dirt cheap to line your uh, kennels, your uh, cages with during the winter. During the summer, the biggest thing people say, well, don't cover this uh, kennel up completely because... Um, these dogs and cats are going to melt in there when they go to stay and they're not going to end up staying. Wrong. Cover the top, cover the back, and cover one side. That way one side and the front are open and you have plenty, plenty, plenty of airflow through those. Just make sure that it's not in direct wind. Face, face the opening away from the direct wind. Um, as far as animals go, you don't want to put a coat on an animal, uh, even though people say it's so cute, so adorable, because animals put off their own heat. And if you put a coat on them and forget to take the coat off, then you're doing more damage than good, because now they're burning up no matter what the temperature is outside because of the internal heat. There are exceptions. You have horses and horse blankets. Okay, those horse blankets are designed to keep the warmth in, but it's also, they're also designed to be able to let the air circulate around the horse to keep the horse, it, you know, excuse me, the horse cooled itself. You know, as a, as a dog owner, we have three dogs, three large dogs, and just from my, you just see from their expression, you go out the door, let them go outside, and they're hiking, they're doing their business, and they hightail it back in. So they, they know they know it's cold. Yep. And same thing in the summertime. They go outside, and you know, I've got brick uh, on the ground, and they walk on the brick for so long, and they're, they're, they're ready to come back in the house because the bricks are hot. Whoa. So uh, you, you can tell just by the expression yeah. of the animals, I think, at least my dogs, mm -hmm. most of the time if they're comfortable, if they're not comfortable. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I do like to say, though, too, in, in my opinion, that of smaller breeds, short-haired breeds, there are hairless breeds, um, the smaller dogs obviously um, will will um, lose more heat quickly, so um, I do suggest putting on some kind of warm clothing of some sort, sweaters, things of that nature, to keep them warm during the cold. You know, as a, um, I'm looking to get some animal guard dogs next year. Large breed, animal, Great Pyrenees, you know, big furry dogs. Great breed. Now, 
I, I try to leave them outdoors. My, my dogs have always been in large dogs, but indoor. So these dogs are going to stay outdoors all the time. So just keep the keep them uh, well, the, combed and, and well, nice. the, the thing about that is, if you build a three-sided shelter, then they have a place that they can still hear what's going on on the property, right. but they have a place to get out of the elements. <clears throat> it's kind of like you were just talking about when the dogs go out on your concrete pad. Well, concrete gets hot, the bottom of their feet get hot. So if you're going to have a concrete pad or a brick pad or a stepping stone pad, even a gravel pad outside, and you want the dogs to go out there, then get an old blanket. Right. And you can buy anywhere from six to 18-inch stakes at Home Depot for a dollar a piece, four of them, one in each corner, into the ground. That way they can walk around, do whatever they want, but when their pads on their uh, paws get too hot, they can go and step on that blanket and lay down because the blanket's not hot. Right. Good. The blanket is cool. Good, good, good idea. Now, still wintertime, what about uh, food transition? Is there, is there such thing as a food transition in wintertime? So, so important with food. Um, how do I put this easily is if you change up your food quickly, it upsets their stomach. Exactly. When you transition a dog, for example, if you're feeding them pedigree and you decide you want to get to a higher quality food, then you mix that pedigree, like two cups of pedigree, to a half a cup of the new stuff. And then slowly, over two or three days, change it to where now you're like a half a cup of pedigree and say two full cups of um, whatever other brand, whatever other higher quality brand. Yeah. There are some brands out there now that are made by the same companies but are sold under different names at different places. Like Kirtland uh, for Costco is made by the same company that makes um, Nature's Balance, that makes Life. Um, life growth, and makes uh, advantage, okay? So that's just an example. So study what you're going to feed and understand that you might be able to go with, for example, Taste of the Wild. <clears throat> that's like $52 a bag. You can get the exact same thing made by the exact same company going to Kirtland at Costco and getting their lamb and rice, salmon and rice, chicken and rice, whatever you want. Just remembering that, and this is going to sound really off color, I guess you would say, but for example, corn is not the best thing in the world for animals. That's what I was going to okay. talk about. And if you eat corn at night, you don't digest it. You don't digest it, and you'll notice it in the toilet the next day. Yeah. Dogs are the same way. They don't digest it. Cats are the same way. Yeah, and with that in mind, if I, I may interject yes. something briefly. Um, I know firsthand that uh, certain foods can affect your dog's behavior, and specifically I'm talking about dog's um, behavior. Um, and that's why, um, if possible, I always suggest to people that are having behavioral issues or changes in behavior to go to grain-free 
A lot of animals are allergic to that in some form or fashion. They could become lethargic, depressed, aggressive. They could lose hair. They could have a rash. There's a multitude of symptoms which you can find online if you look for it. So the higher the grade quality food, the better it is for the animal because you need more protein um, for the winter time. That's the question I was going to ask. Is, mm -hmm. Do we have different yeah. nutritional needs? Nutritional in the values increase yeah, I was gonna, in the winter. Okay. I was going to get to that. Go that ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 keep up. You're going good. <laughs> okay, yeah, because you need to, you know, increase the nutrition, the proteins during the winter because that's when they're trying to stay the warmest and stay comfortable. Um, one thing... You did point out, which what I wanted you to say is, is and, and forgive me again, no. um, but the better, the higher quality brand, the better your, your animals are going to be. If you go for the lower quality or the cheaper brands, you need to go during the higher quality brands in the winter, correct? Correct, correct. And gradually, and like I said, transition them over. One thing that I would like to add to that, and it's kind of... I'm probably you're pro we're probably going to get comments on this one back from the public, but Jane Doe, John Doe, Mike Doe, whoever has opinions on dogs, just like uh, Mary and I do, and we feel confident with what we tell people. But I'll be the first one to say, if you have a problem with your dog with aggression, if you have a problem with your dog with their actions, their manners. Your friends <clears throat> and other people that you might be acquainted with might have a good answer, but the best place to start is your vet. If, if I look at you, and I'm saying this with me and as, as the center point, if I look at you and tell you that your dog is being aggressive uh, because of... Um, XYZ. XYZ, thank you then take that with a grain of salt. But remember, we are not doctors, we are not vets, we are not, quote, um, pet-educated college professors. Talk to your vet. Your vet is the best and the first place to go for any, any, any questions. Good piece of advice, good piece of advice. Um, you guys both, we talked about it, and you both had different opinions. Um, pet clothing? Good yeah. or bad? Well, well, well large uh, breeds that have long hair, they won't need it necessarily. Right. Like Great Pyrenees, they're, met, they're bred right. to be outdoors to protect the right. flock. They have a double coat. But something like a little Chihuahua or a hairless rat terrier, something that has a small breed that are, or seniors, you know, in my opinion, that, that they would need something to keep them warm in the wintertime. Marty? We can agree to disagree, yeah, we, You know, I agree to the point where, yes, the Chihuahuas, the Chinese Crested, uh, the little um, uh, short hair to almost no hair, smaller breeds, yes, uh, clothing is nice, but the biggest problem with that is Mama looks at little little uh, Taco Bell Chihuahua and says, oh, you're just so adorable. And they take picture after picture after picture of this little sweet dog that was outside running around with this little turtleneck sweater on and little doggy booties. And yes, they do make 
boots for dogs. We have some. Uh, and little doggy hats and little doggy we sunglasses. We also have the Kulurus. And all of this. And then they forget when the dog comes inside to take all of this stuff off immediately. That's the biggest problem with pet it's clothing. Just regulating body it's temperature yeah. is the key. You know, cuteness is all well and good, but the dog's health and well-being is more important. Good, good piece of advice. What about uh, Maureen introducing new pets to one of the, one another? Do you have some advice on that? When you introduce a pet to a pet, I in, I have a bulldog. Mary has a Akita. Akita. To introduce them, we have to be with them. They have to be on a leash, and I highly recommend a harness and not just a neck collar, a full-body harness <clears throat> when you introduce them for one reason, because if they do lunge at each other, you are there to stop the lunge, back them up, and then slowly reintroduce them. But everything with reintroducing one animal to another is the important key is do it do it, do it slowly. Never force <clears throat> uh, a cat onto a dog. Never force a cat onto another dog, a dog onto a dog. If they want to be friends and if they want to meet each other, you'll be able to tell. Immediately by their body language. Yes. Yeah. You know, and people say, well, how do I tell? A hundred ways. Look at the ears. Right. Look at the hair. Look at the stance. Look at the tail. Look at, look the, at the stance. Look at the yeah. tackling. Yeah. One of the biggest reasons kids get bit by dogs is because they will drop to their knees and immediately put their face into the dog's face. Dogs are not bred that way. Dogs cannot see up. Okay, so that's the other reason people get bit. They come from a, on top of a dog to pet them. A dog cannot see up. All they see is a shadow, and a shadow to them is danger. They are protecting themselves. Whenever you come up to any kind of any animal, dog, cat, horse, whatever, always come with your fingers closed together and your palm up and let that animal see you and from below and smell it. Mm -hmm. Never, ever, ever come from above you know, any animal. Future, future topic is how to introduce a dog to goats or horses. Or, you know, well, other breeds, other types of animals. Maybe we can talk about that. In well, yeah. we just did, basically. Also neutral, I also would interject as far as what's worked for us and what I tell people that uh, has worked for us in the past. And again, if I feel if it don't not broke don't fix it but everybody's different on how their approaches are and what works for them but in regards to uh, introducing new dogs let's say since we're on that topic I always suggest going in a neutral territory too thank you that's a good point I'm glad you brought that up and I forgot that point yeah. yes neutral territory is very important and also with important. a loose leash and have them go have them go on either side but on a loose leash because when you have the leash secure and tight that that signals to the dog that there's a purpose for you to be tense and stressed so that they're on the alert. If you keep it loose and relaxed, they're going to be loose and relaxed. Exactly. But, like she said, keep them on a leash Correct. or a lead, depending on what you want to call it. But I highly recommend a body harness. I think a harness is best as well. Yes. I do think um, dogs, animals can pick up your body language in general. Correct. Much more sensitive than probably we are mm -hmm. to body language and how if you, you know, are afraid 
or you're happy, or whatever your your your, your emotion is at the time. Mm-hmm. I do think mo- most animals are very well in tune with that. To, to determine that. You bet. Yeah, good points there. Uh, medical advice for, for pet owners. You want to talk about medical advice? Yes. People medicine is not always the best answer for dog medicine. And that takes me back to what I said earlier. Remember, we are, are talking to you out of experience, out of personal knowledge, out of learned knowledge through our experiences. But your first and most important source for any kind of medical question or answer is your vet. I, Please. I agree. And with that <coughs> being said, out in our area, we're kind of limited on who's available, who to talk to, and when. Not every vet is always available when needed. Um, I would also interject for our people out here to contact Lorraine's Pet Supply and Grooming because she is very knowledgeable. She has uh, certain medications there that might be something that you could use in the interim um, to get a hold of a vet. Okay, for information purposes, good, okay. very, very good. On that one other thing there, and this is going to lead into hopefully uh, another radio session sometime before the end of April, rattlesnakes. Yes, that is something that we need to address at a later um, date. I personally have a canine rattlesnake vaccine. Uh, and the injections, and I do have a certificate saying that I do know how to administer it. But everybody should try to keep some kind of anti-poison remedy on hand because there are times when poison can take a dog's, cat, rabbit, whatever, life quickly. And if you don't have anything on hand, especially out in our area where we have tons of black widows, we have brown recluses, we have rattlesnakes, um, and there might be other poisonous animals around here that I just haven't learned about yet. Just poison in general, not yeah. poison. So, so what's, the, what's, the, what's the remedy? What's the vitamin K? Vitamin K is what they use for rat. Vitamin K is what they use for rat poison. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah. what the venom is yeah. for rattlesnakes or snakes well, in it's general. A, it's an anti, it's an anti-venom, anti-venom, just like like a human's anti-venom is mm-hmm. just produced a little different. But like I said, that is something also you should contact your vet and talk to them about. Definitely another topic as it gets closer to yeah. Yeah. March. Yeah, go more in depth. And, and yeah. talk about I that. agree. When, when the and snake schedule something yeah. with, with one of the local uh, vets to have a I have two vet. Yes. I have two vets who would be tickled they to death. They also do a workshop at Lorraine's Pet cool. Supply. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about an event now, or do you want to do you want to dovetail back in at the end of? Well, why don't we let Mary talk about some of her things, and then, and we'll then I'll, we'll, we'll add yeah. the event Let's at a later point. Event towards the end. That would be awesome. So, so Mary, the Anza Wonga Community Food Bank. Can you tell us about your organization? Yeah, our organization's name is called the Anza Wonga Community Pet Food Bank. Um, we are a fairly new organization. Uh, we are a nonprofit, volunteer-based pet food bank. Um, we deal with animal we- welfare, and we're also a rescue organization for all types of animals. Uh, we are ran solely on donations, and we help to assist the stray animals as well as pet-owned animals in our community with emergency pet food, um, pet care, and more. Uh, we recently received our nonprofit status, and uh, we're extremely grateful 
to Anza Co-op, who generously donated um, their, their, through their donation, we were able to re reach our goal. Well, that's good. Um, so you've recently started. How many animals have you helped? Or can you give us some, some, some basic numbers about your organization? Yeah, well, there's, there's quite a few. It, the numbers are, are, we've helped quite a bit of animals. We started earlier this year, and through the donations we were, that we received, we were able to feed, um, on an average, we feed um, animals monthly around 50 to 70 dogs and up to 40 cats, around three to seven horses. Um, and we also varies uh, with goats, rabbits, fowls, etc. Um, we even bought crickets for a bearded dragon. Um, to date, we've dispersed an excess of 5,000 pounds of dry dog food and over 800 pounds of cat food. And uh, that doesn't include the new numbers for um, the last couple weeks. Okay. Um, and we've helped over 100 plus families more than once out here. Um, the need out here in our area, being in rural, unincorporated, is great. There's a lot of people that are struggling, and we want to make sure that the animals stay with their families. Um, so um, through the volunteers and, and our community, when our Facebook friends, um, we're all making a positive difference out here. And um, just want to let you guys know out in the community that we are giving out free <coughs> dog treats. Um, they can contact me. I will be also posting another time and a place to go meet to disperse it as well as to other rescue groups and rescue animal organizations. Yeah, uh, just to add to what she was just saying, a lot of people go to the pet stores and the shelters and buy their kids a puppy without investigating does the kid really want or know how to take care of this puppy or cat and they find out that the animal that they just bought as a present is not being taken care of and they end up either taking it back to the shelter or looking for a rescue. That's one other purpose of our rescues, to try and educate people on who should have an animal, who shouldn't have an animal, and who they can contact to help with that animal if for some reason it is not making it in the home properly. And we'll do all the, we'll give all the contact information yeah. at the end so everybody has both your yeah, organizations contact. You're basically trying to say people are have this anticipation of a turnkey animal. It's not necessarily yeah. true. No. And right. I, my, my daughter's 10, going to be 11, and she's been growing up with animals since day one, and no way on earth could I, you know, she could be responsible to properly care for. Mm -hmm. you know, she yeah. does an awful lot, and she's very loving to, to the animals, but 10-year-old's not, cannot maintain the health Talk about Facebook friends and volunteers. How big is your organization, or you know, can, can people volunteer? Can they donate? Yes, um, our group is pretty small. Um, we're a bunch of animal lovers. Uh, all our volunteers, um, but there's many ways people can help. Um, right now, that we're desperately in need of fosters due to all the strays, abandoned, and dumped animals in our in our area, and our foster homes are full. Um, we do have applications for volunteers and for fosters. Um, so if anyone would like to donate as well or in need of assistance, they can contact me by phone. Uh, my phone number is 951-231-5124. Um, they can also PM me through Facebook. Um, we would not be able to help any of these animals out here, and trust me, there's a lot. Um, without the support of our donors, and we are truly grateful for the donations and the support that we receive from our community and elsewhere. 
and uh, we do have a wish list um, as we are every week coming across strays and always in need of stuff. Um, we are always in need of dog food, cat food, cat litter, hay, dog houses, collars, harnesses, leashes, etc. Um, we're also looking for a contact number if anybody can find one in regards to getting bulk name tags at a discount. And um, another expense that we're going to be purchasing is liability insurance, which we're going to be needing for fundraising events so we can bring the adoptable pets there. Uh, so any size donation is appreciated and uh, people can mail a donations to AAC Pet Food Bank and our P.O. Box is 391035 ANZA, California 92539. And if someone needs assistance, we are our business hours are Mondays and Thursdays from 10 to 5. Now what if um, somebody finds a, a stray animal, what should they do? Um, yes, if they find a stray animal, um, they need to see if it's approachable, number one, be cautious. Um, most animals are, are approachable out here. Um, but if they're able to catch them, then the first thing they're going to need to do is, is check them to see if they're microchipped. They can bring them to me. We have a scanner through one of our uh, donors. Uh, and also they can go to Lorraine's Pet Supply and Grooming or Dr. Roberta's, and she will also scan for free. Yes. I scan and chip. And Marty has a Marty scan, scan too. And, and, and that, chip basically, also. that basically covers both sides of Anza and, and the, this side of Awanga to Anza. And you're out in the Twilliger? Twilliger area. To, to get a hold of Marty and we'll get yes. in contact with you. I am as too. well. And both of you are. Correct. What other services uh, does the AAC uh, uh, bank help with? I, I want to interject before we continue. Uh, it's real important to have your animals microchipped so we can find them homes. A lot of animals, that's why we have them in our foster care because they are not microchipped. We have, by the grace of God, found homes for the ones that were microchipped but had no service. Having the service on is crucial. It's like having a cell phone with no carrier. You can't use it. So you have to have that service. Um, and it is by law. You now you have to have your dogs microchipped. It is law. Really? It is law. Did not know that. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. So, um, but yeah, we do do other services. We're kind of like a all-inclusive. We're not just a pet food bank, although that is our primary purpose, to mm -hmm. keep the animals out of the shelters, to keep them fed, warm, safe and secure with their families. Um, but we've dispersed dog houses, blankets, fencing, we've put up dog runs. Um, we helped a senior lady not too long ago with a 200 foot dog run fence. Um, we've paid for shots, we've done complete vetting on the foster animals, um, we've provided microchips to people, we've taken in multitude of um, stray dogs and cats, and we've placed them in our foster program, like I said, and we've had some successful adoptions as well. Um, but we are always in need of monetary donations to help us continue to do so. And vetting is our number one thing because most of these animals are not fixed. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and that would also stop them. If you get your animals fixed, that'll stop them from straying as well. Um, I know we're going to talk about a big town hall meeting you, you had not too long ago. But before we get to that, is there anything else you want to share? Is this what you want to talk about your event? or? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to cover a couple of things. Um, our, our goal out here through the Pet Food Bank is to keep the struggling pet families together, like I said, and to decrease the number of abandoned lost pets out here um, through secure enclosures, etc. cetera. Um, there is a, uh, the community can help with a Dot Smart dog chip tracking device program, which I'll be talking about 
briefly. Um, but I want to let people know um, that we, the Petri Bank, will be sponsoring two dogs and two cats for microchipping in January. Um, we're also going to be providing that we have the funds available um, to assisting people sponsoring either a spay or a neuter as well each month. That's our goal because um, a lot of people just can't afford it. Um, um, once we grow, we're planning on helping other areas because I've had other people reach out to us from outside of Anzo Wanga. But um, earlier this year, because this is the winter, I wanted to, to let you guys know that uh, a volunteer um, reached out to Operation Blankets of Love. They're a nonprofit organization based out in LA and they provide blankets to the shelters. And um, they heard about our organization, weren't aware of us. They said that, that, that they would like to try to help us to set aside some blankets and look into putting up a sister chapter out here in Riverside. So I'm gonna be following up with them to see if we can get some more blankets. Um, but um, we are always in need of sponsors out here, like I said, to help with the vetting. And um, on behalf of the Anza Wonga Community Pet Food Bank and our volunteers, I do wanna say thank you so much for your time and everyone's continued support in our organization. Fantastic. Um, let's talk about the meeting you had not too long ago. If you can share us what that was, what, what that was about, some of the outcomes from that meeting, and then we'll wrap up with all of our contact information. We'll say, we'll and say the it. big fundraiser that's and the, big, and the big fundraiser you guys want to talk about. Yes, okay. yes. So first of all, the big town hall meeting you had not too long ago. Yes, there was a post that was on Facebook that kind of blew up. And basically, people were getting fed up of all these stray animals that they found, whether they're dead or lost, or some, someone seen them kick them out of a car, which happens. Three people were seen dumping animals within one week's time out here. So we had, a, I, I chimed in and I said, let's get a town hall meeting together. So November 4th, we had a town hall meeting to discuss the problems of all the strays, the dumps, and the abandoned dogs and cats out in our area and try to come up with some positive solutions. And there were several people that shared some ideas and concerns, um, such as, you know, how some people out in, the, how, out in the country have this country mentality that it's okay to let their animals free roam. Um, and it's not because they can get injured by the coyotes, the cars, etc. And it's just not acceptable. Also, dumping pets is just not acceptable. Um, people may, people, like I said, have been seen dumping their pets, possibly because they just can't afford to feed them which is why it's so important to let everybody know that the pet food bank is available to them. We don't want anybody to purposely say, well, I can't afford to feed my kids. Um, I call pets kids, sorry. Um, so they can contact us. Um, like I said, we've taken in several of the foster dumped animals and strays out here. Also that some people think, and like you interjected earlier, that animal control is a catch-all answer. And it's not. The chances of an animal being adopted are generally low um, shelters are so overcrowded that animals are get put down constantly. For every one animal that gets put in, it takes a spot for the other one automatically. So there's just, there's just no room. And their chances of being put down, like I said, are high. Um, if animal control picks up a stray, many owners just can't afford the bailout fee, um, so they're left there. A lot of people out here aren't financially well off. Um, and, but I do understand that there's times when it's necessary for people that feel the call AC, such as neglect or abuse, or concern for your safety. But just because you see a stray, don't assume that they're vicious. Most are just trying to find their way home, looking for food, 
looking for a dog maybe in heat or looking for someone that just help them. Uh, so I always suggest posting on the internet, that's the most widely used, also flyers and things of that nature to let people know about the animal that you've seen. It, um, yes. Um, the important thing you just mentioned was you lose your animal, your animal gets out. You know, the little three-year-old granddaughter coming to visit leaves the door open or something. Your dog gets out. Hopefully, 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 your dog is chipped. Mm -hmm. But one thing Mary just mentioned was flyers. I spent probably 38 hours uh, last week before uh, Christmas looking for an eight-month-old Great Pyrenees puppy. Um, couldn't find this puppy. We're pretty sure the puppy was stolen out of the yard. This lady had put up flyers. About two weeks before that, I spent easily another 48 hours looking for a dog, and the family didn't know what to do right. after they called me, and they sat at home waiting for me to answer. So here I am covering a 10-mile radius looking for this animal. There are no flyers up. Nobody from the family is driving around helping. They're leaving it all up to us. We are an organization. This is what we do. But we need the help of the community. Be proactive. Yes. Make sure you take at least one good, not not a a cutesy, but one good picture of all, of all of your animals individually, not as a group, individually, that when the time comes and is needed, and hopefully not, but when the time comes, you can get flyers made with the individual picture right. and, you have the and information get it right, there. right with home address, phone number, contact right. name, contact number. If the dog has any medical problems, just put down something simple like dog, cat, has medical issues, whatever, pertinent information on the flyer so when somebody other than us finds this dog, they know that right. where it's going, what it's doing, and what's happening. We used to have, earlier this year, we had somebody that was my go-to person for search and rescue. That's another thing is that we're looking for volunteers that would help assist such as yourself, I know, I apologize, you've been awesome. Yeah, I'm looking for four volunteers, well really three. I have a gentleman up in Anza, I mean uh, up in Idlewild. When I lived up there, he helped me out. His name is Dave Miller, and uh, he's probably going to be helping me in the uh, searching in the Garner Valley area. But I search everywhere from Idlewild, Garner Valley, Poppet Flats, Pinion, uh, I'll even go, you know, as far as Julian Warner right, Springs. Which I do, I do want to say that he's one of the go-to guys for me because he goes out of his way to do that. So we are in need of, of that for right now because that's all we have. We have to do the normal process of notifying people, putting out the flyers, and he just goes the one extra step, and that's really great for our community. Well, I do have an element that's fantastic, but yeah. I, do, I do know that in your, in your meeting, you're, you've got, we've got technology, too, yeah. that can assist us. I, I, I wanted to tell you guys that, um, uh, that someone in our meeting brought up an, um, the idea of having a road sign on the highway, um, talking about fines or jail time or any consequences in, redo, and in regards to animal neglect or abandonment. And um, the signs... 
I did follow up with that, and I spoke with a, the right gentleman, and I'm waiting to find out more of a timeline and when that will happen and how many signs. But the signs will state that the abandonment or dumping of any animal is a crime, punishable, punishable by a fine of up to $1,000 or confinement in a jail or up to six months or both. So that's going to be happening this year, this coming year. And the the state, of, state of Tennessee just passed an animal abuser's law that is three times more stringent than that. And all of the governors uh, of every state, they're all talking this up because there's, it's an epidemic of animal abuse. And yeah. dumping is considered animal abuse. Right, right. Um, yeah, I just saw a post about somebody threw a, found a dog next to some bags of trash out here. It broke my heart. At the dump. Yeah. We talked, also talked about, um, my idea was trying to figure out how to get a digital um, alert sign out here, such as the Amber Alert, but for pets, something on the local area. I'm still going to be following up with the same gentleman to get me in the right context to see if that's feasible, how much it would cost, and what we need to do to get one. Um, they also suggested uh, a property, getting some property temporarily to, to house the animals. Um, for this, that there's a lot involved with county ordinances for kennels and things of that nature, but if someone wants to do that, to let me know. Um, they also mentioned about boarding strays. I know that there's boarding facilities near us, uh, but just generally speaking, most boarding facilities are full, and with us having stray animals, we find them at least every week and uh, not knowing how long we would need that space and how much that would cost us. So it's not real cost effective. With that, just out of, just to throw in a little interjection there, um, there is a old abandoned restaurant in Greece that is right next to their new rebuilt restaurant and the owner opens up that old abandoned restaurant. I saw from that. On, I saw that on the, the internet. Very cool. Huh? From the first of October. Yeah. Uh, to the first of May, for all the dogs to come in and sleep. He has blankets, old bedding, and everything, just so the dogs get out of the cold. And he pays for the heat. Wow. Yeah, that's that what it should be. So. Yeah. So see, that's what I'm saying. People coming together. I mean, we talked about how people's fences might need some repairs, or talked about unaltered pets that people might need to fix because they're escape artists and they keep getting out. You know, some people just can't afford it. So, if you, you know someone that has an escape artist or needs fencing repairs, you know, whether it's installing an actual dog run, helping them maybe with a shelter if they have a an outdoor animal. Uh, that way it helps them keep keep them secure, you know, step up and help thy neighbor. Isn't that what country's hospitality is supposed to be, you know? So um, I want to talk about people need to be responsible. And um, there's low-cost spay and neuter clinics out here. Um, we talked about GPS trackers, GPS callers, tags, radio callers. Uh, but microchipping is the best solution right now. Make sure that you get that turned on. Um, one of the best things that I think is going to be our best solution for our area, it's called the Dog Smart Dog Tag. And I, I think that in, inclusive with the microchipping is going to be our saving grace out here to reunite the animals. Um, it is basically, uh, it acts like a virtual leash with your phone and it alerts people with a digital tracking. Um, this is different than most because this one has a larger battery life 
um, up to six months. The range can go, on an average, the range is pretty small, up to 30 feet to 100 feet for most, most places, generally speaking. This one is um, up to 21 basketball courts, and the size can extend to be unlimitless because they have a free app that you can download. For every person that downloads this free app, whether they have an animal or not, that app, that app will alert, alert somebody when that animal goes by. So that could actually cover the entire valley if we had more people download this app. And what's the name of the, what's the it's, name it's of the website? Dot, dot, D-O-T, dog, D-O-G, tag, dot com. They also have a video there you can watch so you can understand it more. But that's what I'm going to be doing. And I, so I'm hoping a lot of people will get on board with this. Download the free app. You don't have to be a, a pet owner to help people. Um, but this would immediately, and it extends. The more people that get on there, but the stronger our community is going to be. Could you repeat that again? Do, dot dog? Dot dog tag dot com. Okay. Okay, but dog it's for the tag. dot smart dog tag. Right. And I really think it's going to be instru instrumental. And at the very, very least, I want to say this real quick. If you can't afford to chip your pets, and if you can't afford the dog smart dog tag right now, then I suggest at the very least put collars on your animals, write your name and phone number, on those collars, at the very minimal, at least someone, if they find your animal, can contact you that way. They have to have some court, some part of uh, identification on them. Um, so many of us care out here about animals. As you know, we would be having this conversation. And it's really important to be proactive and to get involved because uh, we all know someone out here who's a part of an organization of some sort in our community. Um, so getting involved with this issue should be on the to-do list as well. Um, Marty and Mary, I know you had very good information today, but some stuff that I, just common sense stuff that I wasn't, you know, didn't seem too common to me before before talking this morning. Um, I know you guys want to, at the end, talk about some event that you've got coming up, so why don't you share that with us now? Marty? Uh, <laughs> she says my name so well. Um, yeah, like, I, like Mary just said, my name is Marty, and my contact phone number is... 951-538-1246. And the reason I gave that out first is because if you have any ideas or any suggestions for what we're about to talk about, please, please call. And what we're going to talk about right now and very quickly is sometime the end of April, right now, a projected date is April 30th, which is the last Saturday of the month. We are going to be putting together an all-inclusive fundraiser. And that inclusive is basically we have some horse rescues, bird rescues, reptile rescues, dog, cat rescues, animal, rabbit rescues. Animal-related products. Animal, right, animal-related products. Um, I will be doing some chipping out there. Uh, we will have a couple vets out there who are gonna, willing to answer questions. Uh, we will be trying to see if we can get uh, free spay and neuter certificates since it can't be done there. It had to be done at a vet. But this is all for one purpose and the purpose is simple. If all the animal rescuers out here can get together and work together, Together, we can make a difference. Right, right. And help support and lift up each person. Because right. if he's full, someone else might have a yeah, spot yeah. available. Yeah, it's like, it's very simple. Um, we'll have your basic event stuff. Uh, 
I've got somebody who is going to be showing up as a vendor who is donating to our cause with nothing but pet food products, pet cookies, all home-baked products, um, handing out recipes where you can do baking for your dogs or cats for their treats at home. Uh, we'll have people treats. Uh, we'll have barbecue out there, drinks, any and everything you could think of at an event that make, needs to make an event. But the whole objective is to see where we can go as a group to do nothing but make our group bigger, better, our work easier, and to get the community involved in a major, major problem. Right. And it's animals are not just animals. In my opinion, I call them my fur babies. Yes, and they're my kids. They're my kids also. Right. And um, if you don't have time for an animal in your life, you don't need an animal in your life. An animal is not something that you bring in, play with for five minutes, and then spend the next 23 hours and 55 minutes watching TV. So if we can all get together and get the money and the needs and the advice together, we'll have it made to help our community. And if anybody's interested in joining the, the fundraiser, which is going to be uh, awesome, we're also going to be selling items uh, donated um, to raise funds for um, our organization as well. But um, they can contact Marty or myself and um, participate. I believe you said, uh, oh, yeah, my phone number again is 951 231 Five one two four. You can also find me on Facebook, Mary Wilson on Facebook. I run three different groups: Anzo Wonga Animals, Animals Needing Homes and Fosters, and of course the Pet Food Bank as well. Um, but it's from all organ it's from animal organizations from various areas, not just specifically to us. So we've we've reached out as far as Temecula and as far out as uh, Hemet. So it's it's all inclusive. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be a, a wonderful day. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we can get the radio station maybe to get out there and yeah, do some uh, remote, we'll remote broadcasts. I, I do think we're going to have some follow. I mean, uh, animals are a big part of people's family out here, so I'm sure we're going to have a continued series of uh, yeah. information sessions here on the radio about animals and so forth. So we're, I look forward to having you both back again well before the April uh, show. Yeah. Um, so thank you both very much today. And I also want to thank you, and I, and I know you've, I said before the show off air is that this was our first show at the radio station in Studio B, so it's a, it's a great step forward for us in the radio station, and we're glad that the two of you could be a part of it today. And thank, thank you. you so much. Thank, thank you thank very you, much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, look forward, to, uh, this will both not only be on the air, terrestrial air, but we'll, we'll have it on the internet here shortly too. Well, I thank you, and, and speaking for all the animals, yeah. thank you. All right, thank you very much.